1: A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Want more Gators Breakdown? Join Gators Breakdown Plus,
0: starting at $3 a month.
1: because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation.
0: The Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I am your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. A lot of storylines to get into right here Um, at the end of this week here. We get an update on wide receiver Ricky Pearsall, kind of an injury scare earlier this week. We'll update you right here from a report from Swamp Twenty Four Seven, Jacob Rudner. Uh, so, good news, good news uh, on on the injury front there for Ricky Pearsall. We'll also get into the storyline of Florida, Georgia being able to host recruits in Jacksonville now. Uh, the facility, the new Heavener Center opening up this weekend uh, for the Gators. I know it's been a long time in the making. We've been wa- waiting for one of the Taj Mahal facilities for the Gators and finally opening its doors this weekend. And we'll also, B- Billy Napier speaking to the media uh, once again this week, we'll get into what he had to say about all the quarterbacks on Florida's roster. So plenty to get into right here on this episode of Gators Breakdown. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. It really, really helps us out here. Grows Gators Breakdown. Gets more Gator news, Gator content, Gator analysis in front of Gator fans. So hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Get us to 10,000 subs before the season. Only a few hundred more to go. Uh, check us out at the home of Gators Breakdown, news 4 slash Gators Breakdown. You can check out past episodes there. Most recent episode of Newest Commit, Jaden Robinson uh, coverage right there uh, of the newest commit for the Gators. And also on Gators Breakdown Plus, a Q&A session with Gators Breakdown Plus members uh, is up on that side of things as well. So, all right, let's get into the news right here. Good news for the Gators. Ricky Piersall is now listed day to day on the injury front, a foot injury, we'll get into the details, but remember earlier this week, um, Swamp 24-7, Jacob Rudner puts out uh, that he would be out indefinitely. And what indefinitely meant was, let's get the test. We don't know how long until we get these tests run that how long we keep your will be out. So get x-rays, get a better prognosis, get more information. That's exactly what happened. Uh, if you guys know, if you uh, were on the Gadget Breakdown Plus Discord, um, a good buddy, Heisman, hopped in, gave us that update about, they didn't think it was going to be too bad. He was getting an x-ray just to make sure, and that's exactly what ended up happening right here with Ricky Pearsall. So let's read the report right here from Swamp 24-7. Florida wide receiver Ricky Pearsall is considered day-to-day after suffering a foot injury during Tuesday afternoon's practice session Multiple sources told Swamp 24-7. So also, we have to go back to what was the first or second day of camp, and I believe it was Zach Goodall who had the highlights from camp, and it was the last play of an open portion of practice, and Ricky Persall comes up limping with his foot. We did initially hear that he was okay. He continued in practice. And then about a week later, we get this injury scare, and of course, I think everybody went back to last week and said, oh, well, we saw it last week. Here it is again. So, you know, transfers from Arizona State, fall camp starts, we get that injury scare, but he was already proving to be a different style of wide receiver that Florida either has very – either he's the only one or Florida has very few of. And we're excited for Ricky Pearsall because we're – Florida, as far as proving to have a receiver – that can take a screen pass 60, 80 yards or take a slant over the middle, make one guy miss, and he's off to the races. We don't know if Florida has that guy besides Ricky now, now, Hopefully he can translate that from his Arizona State highlights that we saw and from what we've heard so far in fall camp. Hopefully he's that guy. Uh, but if he's not, I don't know if anybody will be. He's the most likely shot Florida has at a receiver like that. And that's one reason Florida targeted him. That's one reason Florida went and got him because they need a receiver like that or at least a more consistent receiver like that. Not saying Florida doesn't have guys that can do that, but can they do that on a more consistent basis? And that's what Ricky Pearsall brings to the table. So you see, he was diagnosed with two bone bruises on the metatarsal. I mean, this is Detailed here by Jacob there on Swamp 24 7. So it was Ricky Persall was diagnosed with two bone bruises on the metatarsal after go, undergoing medical testing on Wednesday, but avoided any major bone damage and did not suffer any ligament injuries. Overwhelmingly positive update for a player expected to be a major contributor for the Gators offense. So, you know, all about when he can come back now what's the pain tolerance like? Uh, how uncomfortable? And now, of course, you know. hopefully this isn't a lingering issue. So I think you want him to get as close to 100% as possible, but you also want him out there just because of Florida's early season schedule versus Utah and Kentucky their first couple games. You want him out there to build a rapport with Anthony Richardson. You want him out there so the coaches can see more film of him and how to build a game plan around him. So you know, there's a... Precaution of you know, wearing a boot right now. Make sure no further damage happens. Hopefully makes the recovery process a bit quicker. But apparently, according to the report here, made noticeable progress as well from Tuesday to Wednesday. So upward trend from, I even tweeted it out the other day when we heard this news. I was like, sigh. It was like, oh, man. Come on. This, uh, you know, we targeted this receiver. We wanted this receiver to be in the rotation. He needs to be out there. Luckily, a couple days later, we get the good news here uh, for the wide receiver room and we keep your soul. So hopefully he gets out there pretty soon. As I says, as I said, you want to build a rapport. You want him to go out there and figure out where he is in the pecking order of wide receivers. What other receivers you want him out there on the field with? And there's a lot of angles to this besides just missing time. You know What does missing time mean? And especially as you know, when this when coaching staff is trying to figure out this team, trying to figure out what this team does well. Ricky Piersol should be a part of that, but he needs to be out there so the staff has plenty to go on. Like I said, I mean, Florida scrimmages. The first scrimmage is, is just coming Saturday. You would love for him to be out there Probably, I'm, I'm just guessing here, you know, I'm not saying he w- will be or won't be, but probably not out there for this first scrimmage. So, you know, one missed opportunity of seeing what a game plan or some type of game plan, like you're not major game planning for a scrimmage. But, you know, that setting, that ge- clo- as close to a game-style setting you're going to get to you kick off versus Utah, you would have loved for him to be out there going through the motions on the offensive side of the ball with the quarterback, with the other receivers out there. So good news. Hopefully he's back soon. Doesn't seem so serious. Fully expect him to be back versus Utah versus Kentucky. As long as there's no further setbacks, hopefully soon so he can get the experience needed to hit the ground running game one versus Utah. All right, so some other big news this week I think we should probably hit on because it's just been a hot topic ever since Kirby Smart has taken over at Georgia. And that's the Florida-Georgia game being in Jacksonville. And one reason he wants it moved is because of being, being able to host recruits. He Kirby Smart does not like missing a home game opportunity to host recruits. And I get that angle of it. I really do. And one solution would be to allow to host recruits in Jacksonville for the game. And that seems to be the plan right now. Georgia's the home team coming up this year. They'll be able to host recruits. Uh, So it'd be very limited interaction. You can leave tickets for the recruits and their family, but that's the extent of it. So I don't know who that's, you know, who that's really going to make happy in the end. It's better than nothing Uh, And it is a big change, a noticeable change from the past. But what is the effect of it? Uh, And it does, the initial report made it sound like both teams could host, but it does sound like now it is trending as as more information comes out. Whoever is the designated home team will be able to lead tickets for recruits to visit this game. So no interaction with them. You can leave tickets for them. We'll see what section of the stadium it's in, but it is one noticeable change. They will get a feel of the atmosphere, and you can best bet there's going to be a lot of bleed over recruits here. Uh, there's going to be recruits who want to come to this just to check out the atmosphere if they're interested. And there's going to be a lot of bleed over as far as recruits interested in both schools. So it could be a pretty popular ticket in the recruiting world. Saying, "Hey." I, I'm interested in Georgia, but I'm also interested in Florida. That's that's where I want to go this weekend. And it's a chance for, you know, of course, unofficial visits happen all the time, but one more chance for recruits to check out these two teams and then still have an official visit down the road at one of the two schools as well. So, of course, it's been a debate ever since Kirby Smart has taken over about moving the game out of Jacksonville, mainly because of, uh, of recruiting I mean, I I don't get it. I mean, Georgia recruits at a level. I don't think hosting Florida in Athens will elevate Georgia recruiting any more than it already is. So to me, I I don't think it's that big of a deal. Maybe I'm biased because I want the game to stay in Jacksonville anyway. And as I have said, I am open to the possibility of putting a rotation in where you do have some home games in the rotation, but keeping the game in Jacksonville at the same time Athens, Jacksonville, Gainesville, Jacksonville, something like that. But we'll see. No contact between coaches and recruits. So, you know, does this really satisfy? Because most of the talk about moving, it comes from the Georgia side. And I don't even want to hear about, well, you know, the distance and all that. Oh, hush. By the time you jump on a plane and Florida hops on a bus, Time of travel, ease of travel, really all not that different. That's just, that's just an excuse to me. And if you want the game moved, just go ahead and come out and say it. Don't be making location excuses and recruiting excuses. If you want it gone, okay. That's more power to you. I don't, I don't care. But just some of the reasoning for it is just off, off base to me. I don't, I don't get it. But for me, being here in Jacksonville, I'll admit I am biased. Grew up in Southeast Georgia. It was the easiest game to get to. So history plays a part too. I want the game in Jacksonville. Maybe this will ease the tension a little bit. All right, some other big news coming up this weekend for the Gators. Finally moving into the Heavener Center. We've been waiting, been waiting, been waiting. Florida has been way behind in the facility arms race. Plans have been in motion. Had a pandemic to go through, making sure the building will still get built. Delayed a little bit, not too much. But finally, this weekend, the Gators will move into their new facility. Let's get Billy Napier's thoughts on that right now.
1: Excited about moving into Hebner Center. Um, Sunday will be our first opportunity as an organization to move into there. We've kind of started that process incrementally this week. Um, obviously a lot of time effort and energy and certainly the investment that a lot of our supporters um, have made into really improving our facility it's uh, everyone wants to talk about recruiting uh, when it comes to the facility but i think it's more important to our player experience uh, it screams commitment um, and certainly the efficiency and um, how we're going to be able to improve as as an organization you know we all Time is of the essence, and I think the new facility is going to create more efficiency for for everyone involved.
0: That's the big thing. We know where it's located at. It is right there connected to the practice field. So they're right there at the facility. They get the new locker room. Hopefully we get photos of that. I'll share some photos Scott Strickland has been sharing. Uh, But I mean, you, you hope as Billy Napier said, streamlines the process. Guys have a locker room now where all they have to do is get ready in the locker room and pretty much walk out to the practice field instead of the locker room at the stadium and having to walk across the street and having to walk through the old parking lot and and, and all that stuff. That's not there anymore. That will not be needed anymore. So big, big, uh, as I said, time is of the essence and you don't want wasted time and won't be that way. Anymore. So now, if you're watching the YouTube version, or if you can go back and you know check it out, but I'm just going to start, you know, showing some photos right here. Scott Strickland has been sharing uh, this week. We can see the, the whole nice new shower. Even the, even the this is Gator Country. Like the wall in the stadium has the working silly um, a sheet that's been hanging uh, as well. Uh, got some small preview of a Jordan locker uh, as well. I'm sure that might be in the locker room. You see the, the the big shower. The shower probably is bigger than Miami's new locker room. Uh, got the slanted F and uh, bath tile on it. Uh, there a small glimpse of the new weight room uh, a, a as well. That's going to be a big part of this. Uh, a new weight room that the Gators can take advantage of. Uh, more room for a, a weight room. Modern. You don't have to fit it into an you know, older-style, smaller, cramped-up space. even got a, a preview of the wide receiver room uh, as well there uh, if, if you're watching on YouTube. So go and look at Scott Strickland's photos he's been posting recently, or you, know, you can check out this episode if you're on the podcast version. Just share some images uh, right there. But it's about time, uh, of course, uh, that this facility opens for Florida. Will it help in recruiting? Absolutely. But as Billy Napier has said, it's more about Who's on the team right now? Who's on the roster right now? It For sure, it will be a recruiting tool. Uh, but who's going to be able to share that experience? And that's the current players taking advantage of a, of a lazy river. And those just small things that players are going to care about. We've talked about the player experience being elevated under Billy Napier compared to past staffs. And look, I mean, Billy Napier had some small changes to do with this facility. Um, you know, not much changed since... Uh, It was what I think it was under McElwain toward the end of his that this was announced. Uh, Mullen had a big part in some of the plans uh, for it. Napier wanted some things coming into it. You know, it was pretty much the the foundation. A lot of the foundation had been laid, so you can only change so much, but did change some things that he wanted in his image. ESPN did a really good uh, job of profiling that this week too, uh, by the way, with Josh Thompson, um, one of the directors of, Uh, football operations uh, involved there as well with that article with ESPN kind of detailing the facility a bit and some of the little changes uh, that Billy Napier has been made. So uh, Billy Napier was making. So finally, 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 when you go to Gainesville this fall, you will see this big brand new Taj Mahal facility that has been long, long, long overdue for the Gators. Like I said, the biggest difference is for the current players. Will it make a difference in recruiting? A little. You know, I've always, you know, Florida's recruiting success right now is not, maybe small part, 10% of it maybe, because of a new facility. We know it's all about the process. Just one of those things you can't fall behind on, you have to keep up with, but to linchpin it as a huge difference in recruiting. Now, it's more about the approach (laughs) from the staff, from the administration, and all that to go along with it. But, you know, of course, it is a selling point. But ready to see it in all of its glory. Hopefully a lot more videos and photos will be coming out in the coming days for that. All right, so let's get into a little bit of quarterback talk before we sign off here on this episode of Gators Breakdown. Billy Napier went down the list of quarterbacks and gave his thoughts on them, and then we'll come back on the other side, give a little more insight. Mother's Day is around
1: the corner. You know anthony there's no question that his confidence and comfort level with the verbiage with the communication i think he's more concise and we've seen him be much more accurate Um, you know the old adage we're on the same page i think we're making progress to being on the same sentence if that makes sense you know so uh he is um you know, I think his feet are in the right place because he's processing quicker. He's able to anticipate and uh, the ball is going to the right place. So um, very pleased with Anthony and where he's at. I think he's getting more comfortable in that leadership role and the things that come with being the quarterback at the University of Florida. Uh, Jack Miller also uh, has done extremely well. Been very pleased with Jack. Um, yesterday in particular we gave him a few racks with the first group you know just as a healthy experience for him and I thought he did some really good things so um you know in this setting at quarterback you're dependent on the players around you you know the the offensive line the tight ends the running backs the receivers so I think when we get things uh, we're executing jacks very capable you know and I will say this going all the way back to spring uh, he's moved our team. You know, I know the spring game, he threw a couple interceptions and all that, but he's consistently made the right decision. Uh, he's very capable. He's got arm talent. He's accurate, and he's a good athlete. So I think we made a really good decision there, And realizing that he is a freshman, right, and he has four years to play. Um, I would say Kitna is the player that I probably saw the most growth in you know, from spring practice, just to see him take another step. Fundamentally, I thought uh, he's throwing the ball much more consistently, much more accurate, uh, better grasp. You know, had a little bit of a setback injury-wise. We anticipate getting him back. Uh, he had a small procedure uh, just yesterday. But, and then Max is a rookie player. Uh, And he's going through those growing pains that most rookie quarterbacks go through, right? Everybody's a little bigger, a little faster, a lot of information, uh, a lot to process there. There we go. There's a rundown of the quarterbacks
0: there from head coach Billy Napier. And uh, going into more detail with Anthony Richardson, because last time he went into that much detail back in SEC Media Days, and that was before Florida had hit the field for fall camp. And now you hear Napier saying, "Okay, now much more concise. And I love the 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 statement of not necessarily on the same page, but on the same sentence now. And it lets you know just how close Billy Napier feels, Anthony Richardson is, in learning this offense and putting that on display on the field. You'll know, you you have to be confident in as a quarterback. And I don't think we saw that a whole lot last year with Anthony Richardson. We saw it at times, but then in a lot of close-clutch situations or maybe just some bad decisions because of, of a rush in his face or something, like that, you know, just forcing, forcing some balls, some picks were made. Well, you know, if, confidence goes uh, a long way in that. So I think as long as Anthony Richardson sounds as, as confident as he is, what the co- head coach makes it sound like he is, I think a lot of those mistakes we saw last year, are going to go away. And a lot of that is just based on having confidence in, in yourself, having confidence in this offense, having confidence in your coaching staff, having confidence of the players around you as well. So I think, you know, good thing Billy Napier noticing those changes there uh, from Anthony Richardson and also, you know, going and dating back to having Richardson's quarterback trainer, Denny Thompson on the podcast when Marcus Stokes committed and how far he's come along and, and worked with him. does little things they have to work on uh, in the off season, So uh, I think the mechanics part of it, too, you heard Billy Napier kind of point out as well. Uh, so I think all those things tied together, really helping Anthony Richardson's confidence. And that's, to me, probably, along with leadership, probably priority number one is just getting some confidence. based on, uh, After last year, you know, we saw a lot of highs with Anthony Richardson. Saw some things he needed to get better at. And I think the things he needed to get better at Come, come with confidence. I think he just needed more confidence in everything around him. Not really just himself, but I'll keep going back to the coaching staff and what you're being asked to do. Not being put in tough situations to where you have to feel like you have to go out there and make a play because you have so much limited opportunity. He's not in that situation anymore. I think that helps his confidence. He is the guy. He knows he's the guy. I think confidence goes a long way on that angle as well. So big things, I think, on the horizon for Anthony Richardson. And it does sound like Billy Napier thinks the same way as well. Uh, going to Jack Miller, the backup quarterback, too, and things that we have stressed here, and I've mentioned it before, and I know I've mentioned it on Gators Breakdown Plus chats and stuff, of Jack Miller, the backup quarterback, don't take so much away from the spring game, and look—you guys know it was kind of been well chronicled on my end. I didn't think too high of his performance in the Ohio State spring game uh, a year ago. Safe throws, throwing to receivers that basically that were stopped, not throwing receivers open, not throwing to receivers in stride. Uh, Just a lot of safe, conservative type of throws there in his first spring game performance at Ohio State. Then we move forward a year. And look, he moved the ball pretty well those first couple of drives in the spring game. First drive, stalls, missed field goal. Second drive, Donovan McMillan gets the interception in the end zone. But as Billy Napier says, he can move the offense. Perhaps don't take so much away from the spring game. And it goes a lot to what I heard of he had a really good spring. The spring game just happened to be probably his worst performances. You hear Billy Napier saying, okay, he can do these things. We started giving him, and look, you got to give a backup number one reps throughout fall camp a lot just to make sure just in case the worst happens, that quarterback's ready to go. You know, that's, 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 that's basic. You know, we, we, we all know that there should be nothing more taken from that as far as number one reps go. But It probably will come down to, you know, what what is the confidence level in Jack Miller versus Utah and Kentucky? Okay, well, Utah, top 10 opponent coming in, probably a little more difficult. I'm not that high on Kentucky. Can Jack Miller, if something happens for multiple series or even for the game, can he be the type of quarterback that can lead Florida to a win? Say a team like Tennessee, who you know probably is going to put up close to 30 points a game. If they put up 30 points on Florida, can Jack Miller be a quarterback for Florida to put up 30 points on the board. you know I, I'm not so sure yet, but I think a lot of it comes down to where he would have to play, who he have to play against, and your confidence level of how many wins he could produce uh, for Florida. I think we all know Anthony Richardson, he's the best potential for Florida to get to a double-digit win season. If Jack Miller has to play a large role with this team, he has shown some good things. You know, how, how good is Florida's defense at the same time? How much can he rely on other receivers to help elevate his game? How much can he rely on a run game? You know, can Florida slow the game down a bit too? You know, I, I don't think the offense will be as explosive with Jack Miller. So I think a, a whole a whole team approach will have to be different if he's the quarterback for the Gators. But yeah, you know, I, I, I don't think he's as bad as what he showed in the spring game. Billy Napier pretty much said the same thing as well. Um, but we probably do have to see a bit more before a confidence level, uh, for, for at least from the fan base uh, analyst uh, analyst out there too, as well before you start feeling some confidence he can go out there and win a lot of ball games for Florida. But did like a little of what I saw in, in the spring game besides you know the, those drives stalling out and then I think a little bit of frustration sets in and he admitted that he's got to know the playbook a bit more. Talked about AR's confidence, well his confidence too. Uh, Coming in as a transfer, needing to learn this offense. Uh, At at the same time, he pretty much even admitted after the spring game, he he needed to hit the playbook and and, and learn the offense a bit more uh, to have some confidence that shows out there on the field. So good breakdown there from Billy Napier with the backup quarterback. You heard him speak on Jalen Kittner as well. He should be back pretty soon, as you heard. Minor procedure uh, going through there, but encouraging to hear. That he has made a big jump from spring to fall, and then also Max Brown coming in as a true freshman quarterback, Um, numbers galore as a uh, as a high school quarterback. But I did hear some things early on, but as you can tell, Billy Napier saying, "Okay, as we get more install and as everybody gets more comfortable out there in fall camp, things are happening to where he's starting to look like a rookie a little bit, and that's expected." You know, he's Billy Napier went on to say, like every other freshman out there so there is a wall that you hit at some point as a freshman when the install starts coming in and so much more starts getting thrown at you the first couple days you're going out there and just getting warmed up a bit it's underwear practice not a lot of hits are flying and you're trying to get the basics down again then you start building on that when you start building on that freshman can hit a wall a bit with so much being thrown at them especially at the quarterback position so That's where you're looking at uh, with Billy Napier and the quarterback position. As I mentioned earlier this episode, the Gators with scrimmage. First scrimmage is this Saturday for the Gators. We'll see what kind of news and notes come out of that. There is an open portion of that, but not the scrimmage itself. Uh, We'll get the warm-ups and a little bit of the one-on-one sessions they'll have before the scrimmage. But then the scrimmage will be closed off There, I'm sure news and notes will be filtering out. Um, Speaking of that, the Gator Collective message board uh, that opened up a couple weeks ago, Hollywood, Bob Redman, uh, is on that, sharing a lot of good practice info, news and notes, insider news and notes there. Uh, So we'll be sharing those a bit to help get the word out about the Gator Collective message board, good things going on there uh, with the Gator Collective. And uh, the Friday night, uh, before the Utah game, they're going to have an event, former players, Uh, We'll we'll be there. I'll be there. Uh, So come by, say hello. If you're in town the Friday night before the Utah game, you can head to the Gator Collective website to find out more details about that. If you're already a member, I know you can buy tickets. uh, And then I think goes on sale to the general public coming up soon. But I know, I I believe D-Web will be there. I know that's one player uh, that will be in attendance. Uh, And as I said, I'll be there as well. So, all right, that'll do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown, bringing you all the latest updates. Ricky Pierce saw. good news, good news, day-to-day on the injury front for him. Going back and looking at now visitors for Florida, Georgia, facility opening up for the Gators, big, big, exciting weekend on tap there. With the facility, and if you listened to the last episode, you know, Gators... Get the commitment of Jaden Robinson should continue into this weekend on the recruiting trail for the Gators as well with Kelby Collins, Cameron James, both those guys making their announcements this coming up weekend. All goes as planned. Hopefully, they'll be picking the orange and blue coming up, getting those defensive line recruits committed at a position of need go back if you want to even more on the recruiting front from the last episode of Gators Breakdown. All right, so that'll do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown. I am your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Guys and girls out there, thank you for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown.